0: Welcome back, everyone, to the Visual Studio Mobile Developer Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest and greatest in mobile development for Microsoft developers, covering Xamarin NET, Azure, and more. I'm Matt Soka. Hey, Matt, how's it going, buddy? I'm wonderful, James. Welcome to podcast
1: number three. Yeah, you know what I was thinking? Like we have them like listed as like podcast three, but it's also fifty eight because the old Xamarin podcast really should just be service pack three. Like just keep service packs up.
0: Service pack 3, preview
1: 7, <laughs> 15.8. 15.8.4, Dot preview four. 2. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, we know we do love long names here at Microsoft, but it's very descriptive. You get you understand exactly what Visual Studio for Mac 2017 5, no, 7.7.3 means. I mean, it's very clear, right? Well, the first couple numbers tell you what it means. The last
0: ones you get completely lost on.
1: <laughs> yeah. April update shipping in March. <laughs> <laughs> Ships are early. I like that. You never right. know. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm happy to be back for our February episode. January, it seemed like it was just here and then gone.
0: Yeah. Except it seems like it's still
1: here, doesn't it? Yeah. That's true. I guess we're recording in January. Right. But it is what it is. I shouldn't have mentioned that. It's okay. It's, it's, it's the illusion of the podcast. Right. Yeah. We have to, it's not like a live stream. We can't just magically, you know, pump it out. In fact, we we did a little little training sesh uh, for podcast editing the other week. How would you think of that? I thought it was great. Now I know how to use this new tool called Levelizer. Yeah, it's gonna levelate the levelization of your pod. Yeah, we. Uh, so I used to do. Me and Pierce used to do all the podcast editing. However, we got lucky. We use some software called ZenCaster, which is what I use on Merge Conflict, on Nintendo Dispatch, a bunch of my other pods that I do, and. That software is like voice over IP, but it's made for podcasting. So when you export the audio, like Pierce is in Boston, I'm here in Seattle, uh, you hit a button and you just call it, it's an auto process. And it just, just like when you compile code, it just magically compiles those bits and, and levelizes the audio and removes background noise. But well, we're recording in person. Like I'm staring you dead in the face right now.
0: You're not even blinking.
1: No, I don't even know what blinking means. It's right. like, Let's record this. Podcast. It's so serious. So serious. So now we had some feedback, which was really great. I mean, I thought it was awesome. We had so
0: many people email in the pod. I know it's you email us, it goes to both of us, mm-hmm. and it's a race of which one of us can respond quicker. <laughs> yeah, we got some
1: good feedback. People telling us about their projects they were working on, some work that they've been doing, and then some feedback on the audio. So now mm-hmm. we're going to level eight, and everything will be good this, this month. Yep. Yeah. promised. Yeah, what well, you want to get not, in- email us. <laughs> if not email us, correct.
0: Well, do you want to get into some news? Yeah, speaking of super long names, Visual Studio 2019 Preview 2, which is 16. Dot something or other. Oh, o. Oh 16.0 Preview 2, I guess. 16.0 Preview 2. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we'll go with it. There's some new features for mobile developers out there for Xamarin people. One of the ones I am most excited about is a faster, what we're going to say is an inner dev loop. And so what does an inner dev loop mean? It's for people who like to make typos like me. So it gives you faster builds. So if you make a, let's say you make a XAML change, it's going to make faster builds so you can redeploy it quicker. So it's that inner dev loop when you're making compile, type compile and going back and forth. So it's, you're more productive that way. So it has a up to 50% difference.
1: Yeah, they break it down into first build, incremental build, and then deploy change. So your your build, you know, uh, build, deploy, debug to get there. And they have really cool breakdown in this blog post that Pierce put together. We're talking about where each of the improvements are coming from. Now, this adds on top of all of the other improvements, especially for Android that we've talked about in the previous pods. So at least here for deploy time, you know, just to get the deployment of the XAML change out down from what, nine seconds to under five seconds. So you know, that's that's pretty great just in general. And some of the longer ones, even first build of this is the Smart Hotel app, which is very large, mm-hmm. down from minute and four seconds down to 50 seconds. Which is pretty cool.
0: That's 21.95% change.
1: Yeah, that's really quick math right. off the top of your head there, Matt. <laughs> I like that.
0: During the office hours I hold, James, all the time, which mm-hmm. you can register for right aka.ms dash office hours slash office dash hours, let me get that straight, is um, XAML. Mm-hmm. Get the XAML editing experience better. And that's exactly what's been done in preview two of VS 2019, is that we have now what's been called a property panel. And so what you can do with that is you have your XAML on screen. You can go into a panel on the other side and start editing your properties there, like your background color. So you don't actually go in and type into the background color, add to it, hit it on the property panel and get it in there. It's going to save you some keystrokes or you don't have to remember names of XAML or anything like that. Yeah, that one's
1: nice when you're doing colors specifically Mm -hmm. is where I use it the most because most of the properties I know, but when I'm really trying to dial in a color, it has a very nice optimized color picker and you can put hex in there. You can just move your mouse around on it and adjust the values. So little things like that are pretty nice touches that, that where the property panel comes in. because not that it's revolutionary, but those additional items. Where it's like, oh, you know what? Uh, that color is just looking a little off. Let me just modify this, and I don't have to guess at it over and over again.
0: That's some pretty nice improvements. Another one that I really liked is, um, remember when IntelliSense improvements hit back in April?
1: Yeah, oh, yeah. It completely revolutionized how I type my XAML and, and Xamarin.Form stuff.
0: Well, pretty so you're not going to have to type at all. I like that. All what right.
1: Hit me. How, how's that going to work? <laughs> There's
0: some new IntelliCode improvements out there as well. So IntelliCode is going to actually bubble up to the top, the thing that it's going to think that you want next in your Intel sense. IntelliSense. Mm, that's really cool. What what does that look like? When you're typing in your XAML, it's going to actually go through and say, all right, say you have a button. Yeah. What are you going to enter in a button most of the time? Probably text. Text. Probably, yeah, or a command, one of the two. Mm-hmm. So let's say you're going to enter text most of the time. It's going to figure out, all right, James, I'm going to bring up the text property for you. Suggest that for you. Oh, at the top of the list. At the top of the list. Ah. So you just can tab into that and you don't have to worry about typing text. I like that. Well, yeah, I mean, because
1: the the IntelliSense dropdown has always been just like, here's everything. Right. And then you have to type and figure it out and make typos. Mm -hmm. So just be right at the top. Yeah. That's perfect. I loved loved all the IntelliCode stuff that was in the C Sharp. So it's really cool to see it come to XAML. Yeah. Soon, I just don't even have to code. I like it.
0: Exactly. I'll just yeah. know what you're thinking.
1: Whoa. <laughs> well, I think also the cool part, too, is that you can, with IntelliCode, you can train your own models. So, there's a bunch of models they created, but you can run it on your own code. So, you could analyze your own XAML styles.
0: So, you say you can train your own models. So, it's running off of
1: AI. AI. Yeah. It's like AI, intelligent, artificial intelligent coding.
0: My head just exploded, James. <laughs> Powered by the
1: cloud, powered by, I'm (laughs) sure powered by Azure. So (laughs) it'd be pretty great. Um, In this update too, there's a lot of other things that are happening in the world of the iOS and Android designer. Um, The Android stuff now has some auto-completion for constraint layouts, uh, which is really nice if you're using Android XML for that. Lots of new IntelliSense features, pop-ups, going to definitions, quick navigating around have been added into the Android XML. Uh, which is very nice. You know, it's a different implementation from RAW XAML. So uh, they did a lot of work in, in, in that just based on feedback, kind of like little you know paper cuts, that kind of annoying thing. So I mean, now you can just go just do it and just handle it for you. iOS Designer had some little tweaks here and there to be able to load some dynamic libraries. Uh, anytime there's a change to the Android Designer iOS Designer, a lot of the work of the rendering bubbles up to the previewer. Uh, we're still working hard. I give everyone a preview or update. We're still working really hard on stuff. Nothing landed really in preview two that we're ready to talk about yet, but hopefully preview three have some some bigger changes. I know we're working on a lot of stuff, so don't go, don't go and open it. Expect that the world yet, it, it hasn't dropped yet. And I was talking to Dan Siegel on, on Twitter and I go, Dan, I was like, it's got to wait. You got to wait a little bit longer. Like I'm, we're working on it. We're working <laughs> on it. So uh, so that's coming. But yeah, there's even more. Uh, we talked about fast deployments uh, that you were talking about earlier. There's a bunch of new stuff uh, as well with uh, this thing called D8 and
0: R8. Sounds like a robot.
1: Yeah, you got to rate the date. And (laughs) it is kind of an Android robot with D8 and R8. So people may not know what these are. And to be honest, I didn't really. There was a very large blog post that uh, came out from John. uh, And it was really great because it broke down what this means and how to enable it in your app. D8 is the next generation DEX compiler. DEX is what turns your code into like the runtime bits and pieces of it. And R8 is the shrinking and minification tools that comes kind of before D8. So you go... R8 into D8, so that tr- converts the Java bytecode into optimized Dex code, uh, get it ready for ProGuard. So there's all these steps. In fact, like if you just go to the blog and that's in the show notes about D8 and R8, it's really really great. Jonathan Peppers, who's the Pepperification of of Xamarin and Android, did, did all of this. So it's like what you have to know is how things work and where things go. So there's like Java C, which like compiles Java to jar files, D Sugar, which you may need to run to enable like Java 8 features, like ProGuard, which like strips out uncode, and then D8 or DX, which compiles that to the Java code. Then yeah, D8 is the next generation Dex compiler, and then R8 is what is used um, on top of the ProGuard code. What does this mean, Matt?
0: Means faster. Faster. Everything's faster. faster. <laughs> yes.
1: There's great um great breakdown of not only just the default settings versus the the new D eight and R eight settings for not only just compiling DEX compilation, but shrinking your app. And it also leads to smaller app sizes. Who doesn't want that? Everybody. Everybody wants it. Everybody that. wants it. Everybody wants it. Now you can have it. In fact, you may just by flipping on these bits get a fifteen percent Reduction in your deck size, which leads to anywhere between two to three to four percent of your overall APK size, and you uh, may get a boost in 15 or five to ten percent improvement speed when building your Android apps. So, it all adds on top of each other.
0: All this Android stuff coming in fast, it's big, it's
1: huge. Yeah, I think. It's a big focus for the team because a lot of our developers are building, I mean, iOS and Android apps, but a very lot of them building Android apps, or at least that's where you do a lot of your iteration if you're on Windows because just the emulators are right there. So we want to make that as fast as possible.
0: Another big thing that's right in the box of Preview 2 is um, shipping with Forms 4.0 Preview built right in. And so what comes with that, there's a brand new template for Shell. Now, before when you built a Shell app, is that you had actually had to go into the page that you wanted to add shell into it and go through all the typing. And as we discussed with the Intel code, who wants to type? Mm-hmm. Nobody. Nobody. So now you can just do a file and you're to get a shell page in there, which is which is nice. Nice. And then there's also something near and dear to your heart, James, is um, Xamarin Essentials is all included everywhere too.
1: Right in the box. Just boom, you're good to go. Yeah, it's really nice. Lots of good previews in there. Now it is a preview, which means... It's a preview, but you can run it side-by-side, side, your normal Visual Studio 2017, which I do. I have it on this computer as we look at it, and it seems to be just fine. So yep, give it a all go.
0: they Yeah, give is... it a go. So this actually is not preview. It's in Xamarin Forms 3.5, 3.5. <laughs> it's, it's called bindable layouts. And so what this does, James, is something that's been asked for over and over again, is that it makes your layout essentially like a list view. Mm. And so let's say you had a bunch of labels and you wanted to add a label at runtime or bind it to some kind of like a, a data source, essentially. You can do that now with the bindable layouts. So the bindable layouts is you have an item source, you're going to have an item template in there, and you just, something comes into your item source, boom.
1: Mm, so, so, item. so now if I have a stack layout or a flex layout or anything like that, I can cascade my items.
0: You just keep on adding to it.
1: That's very cool. And I think this was a community pull request, too, that uh, came in. It's a good blog post that outlines it. My favorite part here is that, yeah, it's in 3.5. We'll be in 4.02. And uh, I've used list views forever, you know? And there's seems like I don't always need them to scroll, but I needed a list of them. Yeah. So now I can just blop,
0: plop it right in this thing. Pop it right in there. Between that and the collection view coming up. No one's gonna ever use a list view again. I know. Oh, poor list view. I'll use a list view. I love you, <laughs> ListView. Well, you know what's really cool
1: about this is it rem- reminds me of like when I was building the conference app, the Evolve Conference app. Mm-hmm. There was tons of places where I had to do a lot of work of manually inserting objects, like the categories or different presenters. And I had to, for all intents purposes, I had to shove in list view things. And this was super tedious when I was doing lists of data and I wanted them in card views and then I had lists of data inside of them. So you can imagine, I wanna have this card view that's in this scroll view, um, but I wanna have it to be dynamic heights because I wanna have multiple speakers. Right. I'm binding a speaker. So what I used to have to do is create a list view and then I'd have to calculate the height. I have to turn off the scrolling or else Android would get all mad at you to make it a card. I had to do all these hacks. Yeah. And now I can just use this thing, which is great. So people can grab that and start playing around with it. Uh, The other blog post uh, news we wanted to come up was a little bit different for us. I wouldn't say that uh, we don't always talk about the latest ingredients happening in the documentation world, but there's a lot of stuff happening. The docs are constantly being updated. Uh, If you have feedback, there's like a feedback button. Have you played around on just docs.microsoft.com?
0: I have. I've done pull requests one of my favorite things about docs Microsoft.com is when you do a PR you get your little picture put mm-hmm. up on the top so I'm trying to find just like misspellings in there wherever I can find it so that's an easy PR there you go I do also I have a couple other quick starts for xamarin with Cosmos DB mm. so actually full-on documentation so just not doing the low hitters yeah but um yeah the docs are great the xamarin docs got ported over last year about a year ago now a year ago and um, they're wonderful yeah out there.
1: Yeah, they're really great. I'm always interested in feedback because there's a lot of old documentation, but there's a lot of new documentation. I think that team's really interested in always hearing from that. I know you've talked about that in your office hours many a mm. times, get that feedback. Uh, but one thing that we're always interested in is some some more of these complex scenarios uh, that go in there. And one question that we've gotten a long, long time over and over again is how do I bring in existing C, C++ libraries into my app? It's got to do it. Wow. Got to do it. Uh, I don't got to do it, but there are people that do it. So, like, why would you want to do this? Well, you may be using some uh, third-party libraries, like AI machine learning stuff, a game engine. Maybe uh, you're building the Hyperlapse app and you have all this C++ code that's doing all this video processing. Well, you want to not rewrite any of that in C Sharp because it may not be as performant as you're using C++. And you know what runs great everywhere? C++. C++. I mean, it's not... I mean, if you're C listeners. I'm not a huge fan of writing C plus plus every day, so I write C sharp. But I've done it, and I've I've written games for the Xbox before, and uh, yeah, it's like sometimes you got to do it. So what's nice is there have always been documentation on how to kind of do it, some examples, but not really full end to end from like taking. Here's the source code. How do I create the library, the C++ library? How do I bring that into a Xamarin project? How do I create the abstraction? How do I even bundle it up to a NuGet so I get a full end to end, so I can put that into CI/CD? Um, and our good friend Larry O'Brien wrote this awesome documentation and a good blog post on why you'd want to do this, called use C++. C slash C++ libraries with Xamarin that walks you through every single bit of that. has great documentation, how to use bait and switch, how to get it all set up, and has some really great concrete, complete samples if you're doing C++ work. So
0: there you go. That's awesome. Yeah. So you get yourself down the C++ rabbit hole, there is a light at the end of the tunnel.
1: Yeah. You just use that right in your C Sharp, which is what you wanted to do all along anyways. Yep.
0: So what's new in the cloud world? What is new in what the cloud What is world? new? It's just not a rhetorical question.
1: What is new? I want to know. Tell me, <laughs> Matt, what is new in the world of cloud? James, have you ever heard about
0: this thing called Key Vault?
1: Uh, I've heard of like Keychain, Store. I'm pretty sure I've heard of Key Vault in some way, but break it down for me All again. Right.
0: This thing is totally awesome. Now, Key Vault itself is not new, okay. but I'm going to explain a little bit of what Key Vault does. Let's say you're building a back end of some sort. And you want to store your credentials. You don't want to have your credentials Mm hard-coded. Or even better, let's say you are running a dev team. So you're just hard-coding your credentials in like a database connection string. And then whatever you're developing takes off. You have to hire some more developers. And the easy way to hand off credentials, put it through Slack. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yep. So now you have a couple of developers handing off credentials through Slack, and then somebody forgets their laptop at a coffee shop. Oh, no, yeah, it's terrible. It's it's an impossible way to manage credentials. It's not it's, ideal. Yeah, it's Slack not ideal, way, right? However, if you do put them up in Key Vault, now Key Vault is you have one place. It's a vault hmm. where you can have your keys, your credentials. How do you get in if you put all the keys in the vault, though? Well, there's a couple ways. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you can have what's called a Service principle. Hmm. So what a service principle does is you're going to create, I guess, an app registration in Active Directory. So when you have a when you have an Azure account, you're getting an Active Directory with it in the back end. You don't usually have to deal with it a lot. And I'm going to go real quick on this. You can create an app registration for it. There's documentation for this, which we'll put in the show notes, but you create an app registration for it. That app registration functions as a user. More or less. And it gets a username password. Mm. Now, I know what you're saying is like, Matt, you just told me that username passwords are bad. <laughs> it's true. You, <laughs> you, you can't did. slack all that off. <laughs> you're right. So what you then do, if you want to put it in the, when we're up in the production, is that all of our Azure services then have essentially access to that Key Vault. Mm, okay. So by production, just because the fact that it is up in Azure, Key Vault's up in Azure, they can just go and get at it. Oh, cool. All right. That's a long way for me to tell you what's new in Key Vault. <laughs> what is new in Key Vault? I mean, I'm, I'm interested now that I know what it is. Right. So let's say you're building an Azure app service and we have all these application settings in there. So you may have what's what color you want the background to be. Mm-hmm. Background color. I'm yeah. not sure if anybody would ever could do that, but you might have background color or what database collection name might be if you're doing some Mongo stuff. So you have all these application settings mm-hmm. in there. What you can do is put those into Key Vault now, and Key Vault's going to read the whole app settings for you. It's called Key Vault References, Mm. and you don't have to, no code changes at all. So your app is still thinking it's reading from the app settings, Uh but you're getting it from Key Vault.
1: Oh, that's nice. It's kind of like a little bait and switch action.
0: Yeah, more or less. Very cool. So that was a long way to see Key Vault has references now.
1: I like that. Key Vault
0: App References.
1: Key Vault App References. Uh, very cool. Well, the last thing we have in the cloud news that uh, our good friend James White brought to our attention over on the App Center team is they are posting every month, like kind of midway through the month, I guess, of, of January, they're posting their iteration plan for the next month. So they're trying to be a little bit more engaged and involved with the App Center community, developers building mobile apps for different platforms. And they've just gone through that hockey app transition mm-hmm. recently. So they have a uh, GitHub issue on github.com slash Microsoft slash App Center where people can post stuff, but it's called iteration plan for 2019. They're going to start talking about what they're doing in the next month. Like what is a team working on the next month? Sprint or two, I guess. So you can break it down. They break down services like billing, like what they're going to be doing for billing, but also adding to the different parts. So Distribution, they plan to add some things called release to individual testers and multiple distribution groups. Diagnostics, um, better searching through crashes, integration with PlayFab, which is very cool. Push notifications, you're going to have a larger than the thousand device limit when, with audiences. They're going to remove some billing plan offices and push is going to become a free service. Hmm. Like they just announced that in this get. They
0: get announced thing. it? I have it says, gotten
1: questions. How much does push cost? Free, it says. Free. But I mean, I, I don't, there might be limitations of okay. something. Yeah, I, don't right. I don't know. I don't know. Identity. They're going to create some identity, initial designs for new identity solution. Storage. Create initial designs for new data solutions. Sometimes they're just talking in the open, like we're going to be doing this stuff. We want to collaborate with
0: you. Right. That's awesome that they're almost designing it in the open. Maybe Fair they incredible.
1: are. Kind of sounds like yeah. it. Yeah. Very cool. I, I like that uh, a, a lot. So there we go. There's our cloud news.
0: Wonderful. Boom. Any new releases, James?
1: Yeah, little little, little things. We got some right. little things. All right. We always like to break down only the latest news in the mobile world and, and cloud news, but any kind of little little tidbits of, of nuggets or new releases, other new releases you right. should be aware of. So I'll cover some library stuff on the Xamarin side. We did ship Xamarin Essentials 101. Congratulations. Thanks. It has some bug fixes in it. Nothing substantial. We're, we're prepping a one one zero, which uh, hopefully will be out in the next podcast. We'll see if that lands. And that'll have some nice community contributions. Uh, and one zero one had some nice community contributions, too. Uh, people just little tiny bug fixes here or there that got in there. So that's nice. And there's release notes on the wiki for that. And also, we mentioned Android Support Libraries 28 were out. They've did a little incremental bump for 28.001. So little bug fixes in there, little little tiny ones. Nothing major, but if you got those nuggets, go ahead and update those and let
0: us know how that's going. Perfect. So there's um Visual Studio 2017, 15.9.6. Great release name. I know. That's... That's the big one. That's no, big one. It's not a big one. But you should still update. There's just various little fixes to it. I mean, it's going to make your life a little bit easier. If you, if you have any bugs or problems, update, update to it. And of course, not to be left behind is Visual Studio Mac 773 because they have to be named differently. But Visual Studio Mac has some changes to it as well.
1: Yeah, lots more Xamarin ones on the Mac side. Yeah, of
0: yeah. course. Yeah.
1: Cool. All right. So you know what's next, James? I'm ready pick
0: of the pod. Pick of the pod. I like that. Uh, You want to kick us off? What's on your list? Sure. I've been talking about not so much any nougats or anything like that, but tools that I've used that I've seen recently that just blow my mind. Boom. I should be mentioning IntelliCode based off of uh, machine (laughs) learning. That's true. (laughs) However, I've been dealing with uh, VS Code lately. And one thing that really just really knocks me out is um, VS Code has these extensions that you can use to, well, extend it. And it has all these uh, Azure plugins. And one of the things that you can do is um, just browse through like Cosmos DB. Mm. You can even use that extension to connect to a local MongoDB. Oh, cool. Yeah. So if you don't want to write um, a bunch of command lines, view the um, documents in your local MongoDB, you can just hook it up to the VS Code extension, look at it that way. They also have, um you can you view your other storage, such as table storage or anything like that. You can actually deploy to your app services. Hmm. So if you have a Node.js application, just deploy it through app service that way. And also uh, you can deploy to... Azure Storage now has this thing in preview called Static Sites. Ah. So we are on a mobile blog podcast, and I'm talking all about web development. (laughs) But this stuff has – all these extensions are really cool. I don't want to say they're replacing the portal. By no means are they, but you can get access to it by so you don't have all the context switching between Mm -hmm. jumping out to the portal and looking at stuff. You can kind of stay within your development and – your development environment and see what's going on in the portal.
1: That's really nice. Uh, I've definitely used, there's like a, there's a cross-platform Azure Data Explorer, which does uh, SQL stuff. There's also the Storage Explorer for storage itself. All the, there's and like optimizations. And I find myself having all these little apps that, that do little things. And it's nice that even, you know, Visual Studio has a lot of these features, mm-hmm. but I might be over on my Linux machine or on my Mac machine uh, and I can get that same experience between the two, or maybe that has some cool new feature that more web developers are looking at that aren't necessarily mobile workloads, but I'm still may need to do them. Right. So you find yourself using sort of the visual studio family together of products. Like, you know, VS code is a lightweight code editor, but it has some cool extensions to do this thing. Exactly. Yeah. I've used, I've definitely used it before for live share, but live share also has voice chat in it. So you can do. That's another extension that you can get. So you could do, like, live share voice chat or whatever over VS Code. So a lot of, like, silly things like right, that. Right, right.
0: But uh, pretty cool. That is cool. So is the live share voice chat a lot like the iOS um, bug where you can group chat in? And... <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I don't think so. No, that's good. <laughs> I mean, I hope not. I'd, I'd
1: assume not. Uh, my pick, though, is something a little bit different. It's from my good friend Matthew Leibowitz, who worked with me uh, for a long time at Xamarin uh, on Essentials, working on some Xamarin Form stuff now. He does most of the Skia Sharp bindings. That was a lot of his responsibility and keeping that up to date, creating the Xamarin Form stuff around Mm -hmm. it too. Uh, But he loves Skia Sharp so much that he wanted a way to work faster on Skia Sharp design. Skia is a 2D graphics engine. So you can draw circles. You can do a bunch of stuff. It's really cool. especially if you need to do cross-platform custom controls or, cross-platform animations or do SVG work, you can do that. So he created a little, yeah, a little, a little, uh, it's almost it's almost like a VS Code. He could have made it an extension, <laughs> but it's it's a little WPF app, and he uses the Avalon Code Editor, which is open source, and the Roslyn.net compiler to enable you to draw from C Sharp Code Skia Sharp Controls or Skia Sharp Views. And you just have a canvas. Like, you remember System.Drawing? Mm-hmm. Think of that, but Skia's cross-platform runs everywhere. It runs on Linux, on Mac, on UWP, on Xamarin Xamarin.Iowa, Xamarin. Anywhere, basically, you want to do. So now you can just mess around and get a live snapshot preview of your code. And it compiles the code, and it outputs it right into this little view.
0: Nice. It's, it's consider my mind blown again. That's three times. <laughs> Boom. These nice little tools that do these little things. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. So, Skia's awesome. I um, used it for... I. Wrote a talk a while back about Xamarin Forms animation. I put a section in there about Skiasharp. Sharp, mm-hmm. and what I did with it was just do like a waiting indicator. So if you're doing some kind of long running operation, you want a little animation to let the user know that you haven't forgotten about them. Yeah. And did it with Skiasharp Sharp, and it's really slick. Yeah, it's really cool. I,
1: I've seen a lot of cool uh, items. Of course, things aren't going to be native, but you're still you know, you're going to have some extra resources. You have a trade off, but sometimes you just got to get some stuff done. And uh, if you're really proficient with drawing. Uh, the APIs are really elegant mm-hmm. and cross-platform. So who doesn't love that? Oh, we did it. We did it. We're not an hour this, this month, but uh, a lot of good
0: stuff this month. I like it. Had a lot of fun. And three in a row just goes to prove that you. I put some time on our calendars and we'll be there. Yeah, podcast happens. Well, Matt, thank you so much. Where can people find us? People can find us at, well, I'm at
1: Matt, And I'm at James Montemagno. And the podcast is still at xamarinpodcast.com <laughs> or in your favorite podcast app just I probably assume just search Visual Studio at this point and the name probably is propagated down we got the new logo in there it's all looking good we'll get a new domain yeah I'm working on it yeah. slowly but surely alright Matt well I'll see you next month
0: absolutely James alright cheers